matter when you're listening to this week's episode of Dinner Table Talks, welcome and we're glad you're here. My name is Joe Hilliard and of course I'm joined by... Aislinn Campbell! And last night, Friday, after a long day of work and kind of a long work week, you said, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do anything tonight. Tonight's a recharge, regenerate evening. Yes, absolutely. And then you said, Joe, we have to move all of the plants inside because it's about to freeze. I was like, I can't do it. I was like, I got to do it right now. I can't even take my shoes off because if I even sit down or take my shoes off like for one second, I will never do it. And do you know what gets me every time? I already know that it's not going to freeze, but I listen to all the hype and then I get all paranoid. So we get the plants moved inside. You collapse on the couch and I know tonight, last night, that I can get out of cooking. Like tonight's the perfect night. I will not get any guff. I will not get any pushback. And you wanted sushi. As I passed back to the couch, I literally said yes to ordering food. I want heavy protein. And if we're ordering out, I'm not going to be ordering anything but fish. So it's going to have to be seafood. And I'm taking this entire bottle of wine with me. I made the joke that I made the wine bottle glug glug last night. <laughs> We've talked about Dokyo Downtown, our favorite sushi joint on the show before, so we don't need to go too deep into it. But last night's sushi in front of the TV, mm-hmm. your full bottle of wine, mm-hmm. my assorted fun. Your assorted fun? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> well, what? What were you doing over there I didn't know about? <laughs> Vodka, soda, and crack. <laughs> I think I poured myself a beer. It was perfect. But the other night, we live two blocks away from a grocery store. So when I hear that we're out of water, or I hear that we're out of ice, or I hear that we're out of laundry detergent, something that, you know, my gosh, we're going to need right now, it's just not that big of a burden. Right. That's going away. I know. (laughs) But the other night, we don't like the tap water where we live. The tap water where we live tastes bad. So we keep refrigerated water in the fridge it's not ideal but it's what we do so when we're out of water which is rare because i always try to keep one two backups mm-hmm. it's to the store yeah the horned devil of your main addiction just rears his head listen do you know how skinny and I you would say be if, if you're going to the store calorie filled addictions get me some chocolate now this sends me into a whole like flow chart decision making process <laughs> Because I've explained, we don't need to go into more detail, that the store next to us, when it comes to the products available and the selection, is inferior to a much nicer same chain grocery store about a mile and a half away. Right. But when it's late at night and you just need to grab something, I'm just going to go to the store next door. Right. But the chocolate selection (laughs) at the store next door... Well, help me describe it. It's very... Basic. Basic. It's it's just your mainstream chocolate. You want a Hershey bar? I can yep. get you a Hershey bar. I like a Hershey bar. <laughs> if you want an organic 97% dark chocolate with chili and pumpernickel in it, <laughs> I've got to go to the fancy store a mile and a half down the road. So I went to the store next door, and I usually will pick up a assorted bag of the Hershey miniatures, you know, the ones that, what is it, the Crackle and the... Uh-huh. Mr. Goodbar. And and while I know that you tend to prefer those fancy ones. I just like all kinds of chocolate. In terms of the amount of chocolate that I eat, I should eat the highest quality, you know, the stuff that's going to be the least offensive to my system. (laughs) So 
high level of dark chocolate, organic. It's if probably... there are two choices in front of you, choose the better one. I'm going to choose the higher quality, always. Unless it's chocolate, because you've got a problem. As long as there's chocolate around, I don't care what it is. What kind of chocolate it is, I don't care. I'm going to eat it, and I'm just going to eat it. Chocolate is not really that bad for you. I mean, yeah, milk chocolate is more bad for you than dark chocolate. And sugar is, we've talked about the sugar thing many, many times. But the truth is, I do not eat enough calories to keep up with anyways most of the time. Mm -hmm. And part of that is carbs, needing carbs. It's also not setting time aside to put the calories inside your system. Sometimes sometimes you just walk past the refrigerator because you're quote unquote so busy. And then later in the evening, it's like, I didn't eat enough today. Well, why didn't you? Well, because I intermittent fast, first of all. Mm -hmm. But it is a weird schedule now this time of year because... I work out at the farm in the afternoon because it's cold and I, that's the best time of day to work outside. And what ends up happening is, is that kind of confuses my fasting time. I have to eat at noon in order to keep from having to go all the way till like five or six o'clock at night without eating. And so I'm actually going to start shifting towards doing more of that. I was thinking to myself at 4.30 a.m. while I was laying in bed awake this morning, That I should start making myself really nice green smoothies at noon before I head out to the farm. Mm. And that might help some of it. But I mean, really what it comes down to is that I just haven't gotten enough carbs that day. And I need I need to be better at putting good carbs in me instead of, you know, just stuffing my face full of as many chocolate bars as I can eat at night. Most everybody <laughs> knows or remembers what the selection is of that classic Hershey miniature assortment. What is your favorite? What is your go-to? My favorite in the bag is the Mr. Good Bar. It closely resembles your favorite favorite, which yes. is almonds and milk chocolate. Yes. That's my favorite. I like chocolate with some kind of crunchy nut in it, really. Mine is crackle. Yeah. Mm. I think I've figured out that I can eat rice. Now, I'm still going to be kind of timid about it, mm-hmm. but you're making that comment. Now, I don't know whether the crackle bar actually has real rice krispies in it or whether they're oh right <laughs> what it's at. yeah i probably shouldn't be eating those i i really try not to eat too many of those and leave those behind but the one thing i'll tell you that's been the problem with the bag of assorted miniatures mm-hmm. it's too much waste okay. yeah so i like the big i like it when you bring <laughs> i like it when you bring home the chocolate bars so that we can make s'mores and then i eat all the rest of the chocolate bars <laughs> <laughs> I have a chocolate addiction, y'all. It's it's real. Unanswered <laughs> questions. Remember that I mentioned that we might be having a friends with benefits coming up. Yeah. Expect that to happen in February. Oh, fantastic! I know. I'm excited. Oh, nice. So coming soon. Some fan listeners are probably listening right now. This oh, is gonna but, be perfect. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, unanswered question this week. A few weeks ago, the word Q U I N O A. Mm -hmm. came up on the podcast and one of our listeners sent us a message it's not this pronunciation it's this pronunciation if you want to be technically correct so quinoa i always say quinoa i always end up saying quinoa how do you pronounce it quinoa 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 no 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 quinoa 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 hey let's use a rice alternative tonight let's use some quinoa (laughs) <laughs> hey, I'm going to be making some cabbage roll soup. Do you want to use rice or do you want to try something different? Maybe we could try quinoa. 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 By the way, if you have any quinoa mm-hmm. recipes that you want us to try, 
you should totally send them to us because we like to eat quinoa. Quinoa. Well, every week you get to listen to me talk about something I'm doing in the garden, something I'm harvesting, something I'm learning from the garden. And I'm curious if some of you would actually like to go down the rabbit hole of gardening with me a little bit deeper. If you have an interest in that, I would love it if you would join me on my Facebook group called It's Just Aislinn. We'll drop the link in all the things we're doing so that you can go and check that out. See you there. Speaking of cabbage roll soup, mm -hmm. you made cabbage roll soup. This one came together perfectly. Oh, so freaking good, y'all. It starts with cabbage that you're pulling out of the garden. And Tons. I'm going to tell you, if you're not on our Facebook or our Instagram, you are about to miss perhaps the most gorgeous photograph of cabbage taken ever a few minutes after it was harvested. Aww. But it begins like it often does. Joe... Whatever you're planning on cooking for dinner in the next couple of days, I've got plenty of dot, 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 and in this case, cabbage. Yes, because I, I don't know if I've mentioned, but I do an online farm stand. So for my local folks, if you have an interest in getting some of the fresh extras that we have coming out of the garden, let me know. I have been putting a lot of wintergreen mixes on that. And so what that is, is that I go through my garden and I harvest the leaves from the heads of things that are not ready to harvest yet. So we're talking about cauliflower leaves, broccoli leaves, cabbage leaves, Swiss chard, beet greens, all of that stuff, and bundling it up and giving people the ability to have this nice texture and color and flavor of all of these different winter greens that they can use, you know, whatever you can char, things we've talked about, use them in the walk, char them, you know, whatever. I've been bringing home all of these cabbage leaves, but a lot of them aren't the ones that are the prettiest ones. And so I'm like... Let's do some kind of cabbage soup. And that particular day, you were like, what else could I do with cabbage leaves? Like you were, well, it, you begins were with getting... what you, it begins with what you know. We had used cabbage leaves as a slaw type thing and some fish tacos recently. And of course, my mom is doing all these different types of fermenting Kimchi, with cabbage and radish, all the things she's making. Yeah. Exactly. So it's getting used, but then I exhaust my very limited notion of what I can do with this or that thing. And that's what I love about the show is... I gotta fucking make something with cabbage, right? Yeah. And you're like, I th I'm pretty sure that particular day you were already all frustrated with me about something. And you go... <laughs> just a likely occurrence? Yes. And you and you go, I don't <laughs> know, just truth. tell me what I'm going to use. Tell me what I'm going to use or something like that. And so I go over to the thing real quick. And I'm literally... Y'all, listen. No, no, no. no. Let's in do my let defense, he's sitting at a computer desk all day with a screen in front of him. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm literally digging, moving, driving, growing all mm. over the place. And I've got to pull out my my phone and look for a recipe for food for him because mm. he's he's throwing a temper tantrum mm. and <laughs> and i send him this one and i go Ca it's cabbage roll soup and you're kind of like whatever we were uh, in the same room and that's what i was doing okay go ahead <laughs> this is a fantasy go ahead no you totally did you uh -huh. kind of him haunt it around remember when we did the episode <laughs> such no it's not it's so good <laughs> It was so good. We, no, no, no. The soup was fantastic and we'll okay, get we there. Did, but this story leading up to how not, we selected the no, recipe is not. it is the truth. No, it isn't. We weren't in the same room. So everything you're saying is some kind of assumption or fantasy that you've created in your mind. You send me the cabbage roll soup recipe. I glance at it and go, mm, okay, we got certainly something we can do. And then later in the day, I look at the recipe again and I say, not only is it something we could do, this looks so simple that I would really enjoy talking at Dinner Table Talks about another simple 
easy, easy. Using, using the stuff that you're growing mm-hmm. recipe, but it's got to pass the test of, does this even taste good at the end of it? Right. I guess my biggest exposure to cabbage rolls mm-hmm. has been at the Jewish Food Festival. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that the Jewish Food Festival, it, we talked about, just I don't a, just know, a few so weeks many ago. episodes ago, yeah. we talked about how delicious the cabbage rolls were. And one of the things that I have been needing to test out is getting to know whether my intolerance thing that I'm dealing with is all grain or whether it's gluten and wheat, right? So I've been in trying to introduce rice back. Yeah. But I'm I said, okay, here's a great opportunity to to try it out because I want to taste this as it's intended to be mm-hmm. as a cabbage roll mm-hmm. soup. Mm-hmm. A cabbage roll is a dish consisting of cooked cabbage leaves wrapped around a variety of fillings. So when we got those cabbage rolls back to go this year it was COVID based thing where you just get your food to go, drive home and eat it. Yeah. A nice little to-go container with four to six, I can't remember, cabbage rolls. And then they had ladled over that like tomato sauce Uh that it's cooking in. Yeah. And I learned that cabbage rolls are huge in Europe, all over Europe. Mm -hmm. And therefore, each country puts its own spin on the cabbage roll. In other words, we have only dipped our toe into Uh the world of cabbage roll, having the Jewish Food Festival cabbage rolls every year for the last three, four, five years. Do you know why cabbage rolls are so popular in Europe? I imagine that cabbage is a peasant food that anyone can grow and they've got to do something with it. I wouldn't even use the word peasant. It's just a food that grows well there because it's wet and cold there most of the time. So if you think about parts of the world where it's wet and cold most of the time where you're going to be able to grow cabbage... Or you might not be able to grow a whole lot of anything else. You're going to be able to grow a lot of like root vegetables mm-hmm. and cabbage and things like that. Just like we were talking about, you got to come up with a lot of ways to use cabbage when that's one of the main things you can grow. I want you to try this soup. It starts with the ground beef. I could have used ground lamb. I probably could have used sausage. Mm-hmm. You add that to your big soup pot along with a bunch of diced onion. Eventually add your garlic. And the point I'm making here is how few ingredients there are. Yes. Then you put in your basil. We use your dried basil. Paprika, salt, pepper, bay leaf, a can of crushed tomatoes. We use a little bit of can and a whole lot of some fresh tomatoes that you had recently grown. A cup of tomato sauce and your cabbage cut into thin slices. Once all of the stuff is in the pot, you simmer it for about 20 minutes just for the cabbage to get soft enough to eat, but not so soft that it's mush. Then you pour in pre-cooked rice. And that's where we get to this conversation where I'm like, baby, do you want me to do the rice separate? And Uh you can make your, you can assemble your own bowl. Yep. Or do I add the rice that's already cooked into the pot, which is the way the recipe called for? And you said, no, I'd like to assemble my own, please. That way it's not overrun with rice if rice is going to be an issue. I guess this was a big experiment for you. Oh, it was kind of the first tiptoe in. And I seem to be doing pretty okay. I've had it one night when we had Indian food takeout. Mm Mm-hmm. And I put a little bit of it, but I'm just taking small amounts of it and just being seeing diverse with my diet. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And if I can handle rice, that will be a little bit more helpful in having a little bit more options of gluten free rather than grain free. One of the things is you're as you're fasting from something, learning what you can can't eat, you know, that kind of thing. It's nice to be able to introduce things back in, but during the fast, you learned. What are some other options? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that even last week when we talked about Meatless Monday, that mm-hmm. concept, mm-hmm. 
again, the concept for me wasn't really about the idea that I think that it's the right thing for me to live a life without eating animal protein. I think I need to eat animal protein. I think it's an important part of how we grow food in our country, all of those types of things. But it gave me this idea that I can go to a place and eat a deliciously made vegetarian dish that is just to die for, that is just as good as anything I would have eaten with meat in it. Well, it's the same thing where we've learned to use other things besides rice. We're eating more quinoa. We're eating more cauliflower rice. I like cauliflower rice. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to go away as something we do. Agree. Especially when we're about to have a lot of heads of cauliflower. Especially when I make white rice so that there is a choice in the house for those that may not want cauliflower rice, but then I dish it up to the kids and I just throw some cauliflower rice in there anyway. Yes. Sneaky vegetables. What I want you all to take away from this is that this time of year when you've got storage cabbage in your pantry, when you're getting cabbage from the farmer's market, or you're even harvesting cabbage out of your own garden, there are many different ways to use it. And cabbage roll soup is a winner, and you should definitely try it. So Joe, be sure to share that recipe with us. I folks. will, but back to the beginning of this conversation, the cabbage roll is different in every single country of Europe and around the world. So we're going to try different seasonings That's and stuff? what I like about this recipe. Yes. I call this like a foundational recipe. Ooh. So A... Cabbage roll soup will be back while cabbage is in abundance. B, we can make this foundational recipe 15 different times and have 15 different flavor profiles if we wanted to. I'm excited about this recipe. Do you know what I think we need? Chocolate. <laughs> well, now I think that we need to make a seasonal cookbook. <laughs> I think as we create... Let's just throw that log yeah. onto the project fire that's burning up our lives. Listen, baby... I want passive streams coming from every direction. So if we have to put a little due diligence in ahead of time and create something and put it out there, mm -hmm. then I think that we're doing the right thing right here. And the reason I think that is because we are creating these foundational dishes that match seasonality, certainly seasonality for us, but generally speaking, seasonality throughout the world. Unless you're a listener from Australia, your January is cold. <laughs> Couldn't you just shift regional seasonal cookbook to work for you wherever you live based upon where you live and how the seasons are the same. Well, you, your January just might be a little bit different. You might not be harvesting tomatoes in January like you, we are, but you're probably just harvest and have in your storage cabinet a bunch of cabbage. We've definitely talked about cabbage and the walk and all of those things. So I think that there's some foundational things that we can use here, which leads me to something that came on the TV. Whoa, whoa. You're just going to throw out, we should do a cookbook and quickly move on to some other topic? Yeah, because that's okay. how I do things. I just drop a you trigger bomb a right seed. in the middle of... <laughs> I see. Because I have a path to Planting a Planting a seed but... is a much better way to say it than dropping a trigger bomb right in the middle of everyone. Okay, then I'm going to be <laughs> cultivating Ooh. this idea in my fertile mind. Uh -huh. And perhaps I will poop out an idea in the... Wait, my analogy fell apart. It totally fell apart. Hmm. Unless you're an earthworm. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly how the earthworms do it. <laughs> but I started watching this TV show, a cooking, mm -hmm. imagine that, a cooking show on Netflix called Best Leftovers Ever. And I thought to myself, we have got to get on this show. I didn't know anything about the show yet, just the title of it. And, it, and the description was, take these leftovers and turn them into something awesome. 
And that actually got me thinking about the cookbook a little bit because that's one of the things I think we do so well. Our evenings, 80% of the time, are me on the computer, typically working on some aspect of AcelandCampbell.com, which I delighted to do. I just rolled my eyes over here. <laughs> While you... What's that game you play? Because that's what I nonograms. usually see you on there. <laughs> that's what you're usually doing on there. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to bring it up, I'm going to talk to you about it. Sometimes I need creatively to be able to go into my head and not think about anything else. And I'd rather do that than look at the news article while I'm trying to cultivate an idea. Mm-hmm. Before I poop out that idea... <laughs> But you're on, this is the end of the night. This is after I've hour, been up since An hour pre-bedtime, you will kind <laughs> of melt into the couch and watch some TV. And we'll have that conversation that I think a lot of couples have. Oh, hey, it's a new crime drama that everyone's talking about. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, save that one for me. I want to watch that show. We'll dedicate some time together to watch a show. You save that for me. Mm-hmm. Hey, Joe, it's a cooking show, and they're doing something about baking cakes in England. You know what, honey? Go ahead. Yeah, that's yours. You, <laughs> en- you enjoy rush. that. And as I'm walking to the door to go out to get the chocolates in the middle of the night, <laughs> I'll glance at the show and maybe get engrossed for a few minutes because they're doing some kind of interesting cooking technique that I just, you know, that turns me on. Uh-huh. But when you said it's a leftover show, uh-huh. I think I came in to understand what you were talking about. Uh-huh. Best leftovers ever. Best leftovers ever, ever. Yep, exactly. The description of the show is we're gonna we're gonna give you these leftovers and we want you yeah, to make them like into three some chefs kind of chopped style, yeah, basically. But once I got into the show, there's way too much shit going on in the show that doesn't have anything to do with turning your leftovers into delicious food. We give the three contestants, like you see on every single other cooking show that there is. <laughs> leftovers literal leftovers a tupperware full of half of a lasagna a tupperware full of green bean casserole whatever it is uh-huh. and then they have to transform that using a general kitchen there so yeah. you've got your ketchup and your mustard and your sriracha and your soy sauce and all the stuff that you'd have in your kitchen yeah all the spices and we're going to transform these leftovers yeah but it's way more complicated than that like there's too many different like round one is we're going to give you these leftovers and you have to use three out of four of them or the most round you can one, use. Everyone gets the same leftovers. Yeah. And then round two, we get separate different kinds of leftovers and they're over here in this fancy compote blah. And yeah. then the, the, the refrigerator door opens up and it's magical. If there's it's a got season like, two of this show, they're going to have to tone down the production elements and terrible. ramp up the cooking <laughs> elements. And we've watched some shows that we wouldn't call terrible that had some really interesting production like what was that magical uh you remember they the gods would come down oh, from what was the, that one called it was something like magical creative geniuses or something like that again it was a cooking show it was fun i watched every episode of that one but it was way overproduced it was way and, and, overproduced. The, and the trick that these folks have is that the foundation for these types of shows has been set mm-hmm. chopped and iron chef uh-huh right we're gonna give you the thing Eliminate that you one. have to use yeah exactly in each round, we're, we're likely going to do breakfast, lunch, and dinner or appetizer. Right. Uh, and so these new shows are trying to or... set themselves apart with like comedy and yeah. um, <laughs> elaborate plot decorations. Lines. Yeah. And I said that I, when I looked at the set of the show last night, I go, it looks like like a nickel, like they went, they, yes. like an old Nickelodeon studio. We can build whatever. a new stage or we can use splats yeah, stage splat from stage. 1999. <laughs> 
It's the Wahoo Show yeah. on Nickelodeon. So are we recommending this show or not? No, I don't know that I'm recommending it. All I'm simply saying is I think that any cook out there would think it was interesting to just check it out. Yeah. What I'm recommending is that we produce here for oh. Dinner Table Talks. We're, we're, we're creating a cookbook. Uh-huh. And a television show. We'd have to create a television show. Okay. I think we should produce a Dinner Table Talks Best Leftover episode. How does that work? Best Leftover Ever Showdown or something like that. How does this work in your mind? I don't know. I mean, the farm has got a really nice pavilion where we could have a couple of chefs working on different projects separately and have plenty of space to spread out. And we could get a couple of local celebrity chefs Mm -hmm. to come over and taste the food. I I appreciate that we watched a leftover show. So let's duplicate that. But I think a better time together would be doing it chopped style where we're cooking with fresh ingredients rather than shackling ourselves with the leftovers first. And then you move to the leftovers. I just love the idea of it. And the reason is because I think we're, I think that's what we're so good at. Yes. We're good at coming up with the fresh stuff and bringing it all together. But where we're magic is when we pull together some old recipe and turn it into something else. A great example of that was actually what you did with leftovers the other night. Oh yeah. Those were good. I'm all in with you right now. On Queen's Gambit. Yeah, that one's been fun. She's real pretty. I like her. I guess I'm finding that as we evolve together for a longer period of time, Mm -hmm. the requirement that we watch a bunch of TV together is not there. So when we meet up to watch TV, it's usually something that we both are really enjoying together. Mm -hmm. Or it's one of the movies I'm watching for the other podcast I do, Bear in a Movie. Mm -hmm. But Queen's Gambit? It's been like a Mad Men kind of show for us. Something it's like on that. Uh, Netflix. It's really, really good, y'all. Don't spoil things, though, because our listeners... I'm just going to quickly like say Bam, that I have explained this show to several people. Because I'm telling you, like, for me right now, mm-hmm. this is like Breaking Bad, Mad Men, yeah. Sopranos level yeah. excellence yeah. in television. Yeah, it is. In my opinion. Yeah. I agree. From the cinematography and the look of it, which I know mm-hmm. is one of your Marvelous favorite Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you liked Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'm not, you would I, like I this I enjoy one. Marvelous Miss Maisel, but I don't think that I love it the way that you do. I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but this this show is in that women that like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel mm-hmm. or Mad Men will love Queen's Gambit. And the synopsis sentence, I have to explain to people, don't judge what I'm about to tell you. It's a girl that learns in an orphanage that she is a prodigy in chess. Now you say chess? That sounds boring. Uh Uh-uh. It is... It is fantastic, and I think you should watch it. It's visually appealing as well. They keep the colors of the set really nice. And I guess that's because when they put movies in that time period, I'm always attracted to it. Yeah, if they do the art the art direction and the mm-hmm. set direction well. Because the colors were real pretty and the nice cars back then. and mm-hmm. the wallpaper on the wall. Mm-hmm. And if, does this seem period accurate? And it, mm-hmm. and it all does. It's, yeah, it's there's one good. scene in there where you mentioned the wallpaper on the wall, mm-hmm. which it's... Uh, Wallpaper on the wall, the curtains, even the like full-fledged built-out curtains with the top. That valance. Yeah, all of that stuff. And then the the comforter, comforter, the bedspread Uh matched the wallpaper. Uh And it was like floor-to-ceiling, massive flowers. flowers, Sensory overload to the Maximus. (laughs) We talked about Black Bear. That's a movie that we watched together that I would definitely recommend to people. Yes. 
Another one that we watched together recently is Lover's Rock, uh-huh. which yeah. is a movie about, and again, maybe this synopsis doesn't jazz you, West Indian immigrants in the early 80s having a house party. Okay, that's what I was going to say. It reminds me of a lot of our American sure. 70s, if Dazed you and watch Confused it. Yeah, is where and my mind went while watching that show. It's a party scene almost the entire time. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but I would almost I it. Com- compare it to a film length music video mm-hmm. it was just good music visually appealing i didn't even really follow the storyline too much because i wasn't i didn't feel like i was tuned into it enough but i enjoyed it yeah. like i enjoyed it being on the screen i enjoyed listening to the music i enjoyed listening to the conversation and the tone of their voices because they've got that west indian dialect mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. yeah i really liked that it's one a lot a gorgeous movie one last thing we're watching together the cannabis cooking show that's super fun. That I like that That came up on Beer in a Movie. Uh-huh. We do an After Hours episode. You know what we should do? We should do an After Hours. We should do an After Hours, and it should be called Dinner Table Talk Dessert, and we put it on Patreon, and if you want to hear that really kind of uncensored, unfiltered talk, you give us a couple bucks. Come I on. feel like we're already kind of unfiltered on this show. But we should know that this is going to be We've got a lot of production Turkish happening coffee. in 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's fun just to put like all the ideas in a hopper. Planting Some little of them seed ideas out, out there. Exactly. And seeing if but any on, of them sprout. On that show, we'll talk about what we're watching besides the movies that we talked about in the episode. And one of the guys had watched Cooking with Cannabis on Netflix. I like this guy and I like his recommendations. So we turned that on. It's interesting. I liked it a lot. It's a better cooking show than The Leftover Show. It and is. That's what ultimately put the nail in the coffin of The Leftover Show uh-huh. was that this is not just showing technique of cooking with cannabis, something I don't do, but just cooking technique. And that's what I like about cooking shows is when you can learn cooking technique when you watch them. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a fun show. They looked like it was interesting stuff they were cooking. And I think it's good to have that sort of information out there to help us as a society sort through how we're going to have half of our states legalize something and the other half of them not legalize mm-hmm. something. We are also going to catch, as soon as we can catch up TV time together, yeah. the Swear Words TV show. Yeah, that's a Netflix show too. Nicolas Cage. I'm excited to watch it. I can't wait. Of the history, I think it's called The History of Swear Words. Uh-huh. And the first episode is... <laughs> we know that word. <laughs> Well, that do you know the history of it? No, I don't know the history of it. Etymology? Nope. We'll nothing learn about it. it. And how did it become a swear word? Because I, as I listened to the trailer of it, like the idea that how did something become a bad word? Right. Quinoa. Which has me thinking. I We asked Alexa the other day to give us a bad word, and the bad word we asked Alexa for was fart. And I will forever thank your daughter for this. <laughs> All right. It's those moments when you stop and listen to the kids and you join in with the joy of silliness of their immaturity that is also amazing and fun. Well, do you want to share the joy? Of course I do. Okay, here we go. Alexa, play a fart. The gas man is in the building. Ask me for a monkey fart or say surprise me. No, I definitely want to hear a monkey fart. Why is that? Ask me for a disco fart. Or say surprise me. Alexa, play a disco fart. First of all, I want to know what makes that other one a monkey fart. I think they went into the wild. I mean, this is an Amazon product. I mean, they've got unlimited resources to do that kind of research. The monkey fart kind of sounds like my fart. Let's do one more. Alexa. Wait, hold on. What'd you say? (laughs) Alexa, play a surprise fart.
what this goes on and on. Someone's been eating beans. <laughs> Ask me. Surprise me. Take your love of yuck to the next level with the Ultra Fart subscription. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, it always more? leads you there. I mean, we we did that for, I mean, there was both of our daughters there. We did that for an hour and a half. I don't know. It just kept going and going and going. And, and she, now she just has a problem. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we use it for timers in the kitchen all of the time. I might have six or seven going. And she's usually our DJ too. She's usually the DJ. But uh-huh. now. <laughs> now she's the fart box. Exactly. Now she's the laugh box. This may be the most extreme change of subject ever, but let's talk about food. (laughs) Well, we were mentioning the best leftovers ever and that we had had some of the best leftovers ever the other day. I was so impressed. Mm. Okay. So he pulls out this ginormous roast. 5.4 pound roast with the intention of putting it in the instant pot. And I'm like, okay, but you have to make good roasted vegetables to Mm -hmm. go with this roasted Mm -hmm. beef. The roast doesn't fit in the instant pot, Aislinn. Okay, so now what? My let me get this done as quickly as possible <laughs> falls apart immediately. <laughs> because the roast because is huge. the roast literally won't fit. I put it onto quick thaw because I only need to do one thing. Get the middle thawed out enough to muscle it bent so that I can <laughs> shove it down into the diameter of hole that I have available to instant pot the thing. However, a nice part of that is that I thaw the roast out enough to give it that necessary, in my opinion, step, sear yes. before I put it into the instant the roaster, pot. Yeah. If you're going to put a frozen roast into your instant pot that fits, mm-hmm. you have to skip that step. Uh-huh. But because I thawed it out enough, I could go ahead and get a nice sear on both sides. Mm-hmm. Keeps in the juice, mm-hmm. adds a little flavor. Mm-hmm. I bend that roast enough to shove it down in the hole, add a little <laughs> bit of broth, Salt, pepper, bay leaf, onion, bell pepper, and then it's 20 minutes a pound, I think. Okay, and throw in all anything we have into the roaster with it of the fresh veggies. And of course, we've got all of these radishes and turnips and carrots and cabbage leaves and all this stuff. So you're shoving all this stuff in there. We've got some leftover broccoli and cauliflower and peppers and just everything. It- shoving it in there with it. It's it's sad to me how disconnected you are from what's really going on inside. <laughs> in an Instant Pot, if I'm going to cook a roast inside of it for an 120 minutes, I can't put the vegetables in at the beginning because they'll just turn into a mush, mush. Yeah. nothing. So I was wondering I'm, how why you were trying to let me t- tell people what you did because no, I'm like, okay. I have this no clue what's going on no, in there. No, this is good. <laughs> so then I look up how long do vegetables go into the Instant Pot? Five minutes. Quick release. So what I've got to do is get my roast done, but it would be okay to keep it in for an additional five minutes. Mm-hmm. Get- so it only takes five minutes for those vegetables? Any night of the week that you wanted it. Uh-huh. I could cut up any vegetable that would taste good, quote unquote, roasted. Uh-huh. Stick it in the basket of the Instant Pot. Add a little bit of broth, water in a pinch, but we got a freezer full of broth, no problem. Uh-huh. Five minutes. Quick release. You know, offload the pressure ASAP and the vegetables are ready to eat. Well, and so I guess the reason that this came to my mind to think of that really quick was because about a few days before that, I had a handful of like Mm -hmm. some just 
green beans mm-hmm. that, I mean, because the green beans are pretty much done. Mm-hmm. It's froze too much for us to have any good green beans. But these were just like the last few shivers, strivers, what do you call it? Slivers of green Sli- beans slivers. that might be left. Or shivers. <laughs> I want my... And I was just like, hey, can you just cook these? They were so good. Well, then y'all are probably wondering how Leftovers gets involved in this conversation. He's headed out to do the Beer in a Movie podcast. Mm-hmm. That's the night that I don't have to cook, but do. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. That's the night where you are incapable of heating up things. Go ahead. <laughs> so it's like, that's the, night, you that's just... <laughs> the night that's my night off, but isn't a night off at all. Go ahead. You're going to take off other nights anyways, like last night. Go ahead. <laughs> so I What say... take off? I, had, I drove all over town to get two different restaurants worth of food. Oh, well, that's a different conversation that you have to have about We'll have that after saying hours. No. We'll have that dessert. <laughs> Go ahead. I said, could you just take the leftover roast that you have and then like throw some more of those vegetables, the fresh cut up ones in with it and just heat it all up and cook it for us and have it ready so that whenever you leave, we can actually have like, it's o- almost Open up the it- Instant Pot and we can eat. Yeah, exactly. So he took the leftover and you may have already seen the picture because I put it up immediately. It was the most beautiful bowl of roasted vegetables I may have ever seen. Or certainly home cooking situation. I mean, yes, I've seen beautiful roasted vegetables out at restaurants in very nice places, farm to table, well, whatever. Let me, let me but... fill in a couple of blanks. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I took a little bit of the gravy that I had made and threw it in the Instant Pot. But the Instant Pot needs some juice, water, or else it'll burn on the bottom and it'll completely uh, turn off. Then I added new broth. Okay. The flavor of the gravy mm-hmm. and then broth. Mm-hmm. Then I just shoved the leftover roast in there because my goal here was just to cook everything for five minutes. So I was liberal with the broth because I really wanted to reinvigorate that roast with some moisture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I went into our crisper drawers. Plus I had literally just picked a beautiful eggplant mm-hmm. out of the backyard and a beautiful little shishito pepper out of the backyard. Cut off the stem of the eggplant. Don't bother mm-hmm. peeling it inch long chunks. Straight in. Carrots from the farmer's market. Straight in. Mm-hmm. Broccoli, cauliflower from the farmer's market. Cut them up to florette. Throw it in. Turnip. Uh, I went ahead and peeled the turnip, but radishes. Just cut the green off and the whole bite. That uh, bite small of radish, globe radishes. That's the best way, aside from fermentation, that we have eaten radishes since but I've the, been there bringing was radishes purple. home. Tell me about the purple, because I think that's what really enhanced the beauty of the photograph. Well, it was the purple radishes that are like kaleidoscope looking on the inside of because it. Because if you go to the grocery store to buy radishes, it's just those red globe red cherry, radishes yeah, with red a white <laughs> center. But you have brought radishes into the house, and we've bought radishes at the farmer's market that Dude. are a kaleidoscope of colors that, <laughs> yeah. that make that dish as as delicious but even more beautiful yes it was beautifully purple but it also had that purple from the eggplant it had the orange from the carrots and it was pretty good i say pretty good because i did mention that i thought that there needed to be a little bit more enhancement of the seasoning on the roasted vegetable part of it Mm -hmm. and there needed to be a little bit more liquid for the roast because the roast was a little bit second go around wasn't quite as yeah they weren't the best leftovers 
They were the most beautiful leftovers ever. No, they were, they were well, really good. Well, actually, the truth is it was the best leftovers ever because you cooked it so quickly and mm-hmm. you were able to be out the door. You took the big old giant chunk of roast that you'd cooked from the night before. <laughs> Did and I then show just... you the roast sticking out of the Instant Pot with like <laughs> no. my mind thinking, I'll be able to get the lid on here. <laughs> and then you pick up like a concrete brick size roast and you just go, ah, this is going to take forever. <laughs> But it ended up being very good. Iceland, our very country much. is so divided and so torn apart right now. You've got half of the country saying Who that air fryer is the way to go. <laughs> and you've got half of the country saying, I don't need that newfangled thing. I've got my instant pot. And right now, a lot of people are saying, a lot of good people are saying that the instant pot is just fine. That air fryer is avoidable. And I'm on that camp. What about that ninja foodie thing that my mom has? That's what I'm talking about. The air fryer. Oh, but there's an air fryer is different than the Ninja Foodie, I think. Oh, my whole joke fell apart. <laughs> I almost fell apart when you didn't know what I was talking about. And now it's falling apart because I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> no, I was just about to say, who wants to talk about any kind of grumpiness? Let's I skip I, it. I wasn't going to. I'm skipping I... it these days. So if you get any size roast from the farmer's market and you've got a fridge full of vegetables you can roast, this is a perfect way. And an Instant Pot. If you don't have an Instant Pot, you should probably get yourself one because you'll be happy Well, if I didn't have did. an Instant Pot, I would just do it in the oven and add the vegetables at the appropriate time. It just takes longer than five minutes. It does, and it wouldn't be as good. You don't think? No, I've had your roast in the oven. It's not as good as the one when you make it in the Instant Pot. Them's fighting words, and I will prove you wrong. No, you won't. I will. You're going to no, come I, at night. No, I, because I've been... Listen, everyone in the house complains on roast night. Everyone in the house complains on roast night. Except for the chef. So I don't really care. And now it's time for Table Topics. Table Topics. <laughs> if you fun. weren't billed for your cell phone charges, okay? Uh-huh. You go into your online banking. Yeah. Your cell phone provider is supposed to be there on the third, whatever. Yeah. It's not there. Yeah. The next month, it's not there again. Yeah. Cell phone's working. Yeah. Would you notify the phone company? Mm, I'd probably wait it out. Probably wait and see what happened for a while. What would happen would be... They'd come back and charge you <laughs> later yeah, yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Four months times the normal fee. Mm-hmm. I think I would. Because those wait. guys are too big to make mistakes on their billing in my favor, I've learned. Yeah. I probably would wait a couple months just to see what happens. Yeah. To see if they pick it back up again. And then if they they haven't still picked it back up, I'd call them and say, Hey, what's going on? I'm not getting my monthly bill. Everything's good with my account. We're good to go. Yeah. Okay. I actually have had situations kind of similar with my company that I use for cell phone. Yeah. And they actually didn't charge me, back charge me. Who notified who that there was an issue? I think that I ended up notifying them uh. because it was a few, it was a couple of months. Wow. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to get into a situation here where they're going to send me a big fat bill because you didn't charge me. You go and to, they let me get away with that. You go to a convenience store, probably to get a chocolate bar. <laughs> and you pay with a five. That's, I'm going to the convenience store for one of two things. Gasoline mm-hmm. or chocolate. Is that real? Yes. Hardly now, but yeah. more so when I used to get gas at different gas stations. I get gas at this that doesn't have ah. co- chocolate bars, the place I get gas at usually. It's the best way for an addict to confront their problems <laughs> oh, it to is. not put themselves into a situation Dude, where I they had, can be tempted. In 2019, I had an issue with that M&M almond chocolate bar thing. You've I was only scratched the surface of this. Perrier. I was having a, every single time. And I wasn't even stopping to get gas at that store. I was mm-hmm. just stopping to get myself a chocolate bar. <laughs> you go inside to get your chocolate and Perrier and you pay and you know you're expecting $3 change back, but they give you $4 change back. 
I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't even notice it until I got to the car. But you do so, notice it. Would you say something? You you gave me too much change. If I didn't, if I noticed it, yeah, yeah. I'd hand him back the change. It just kind of depends on when I discover it. Because if I'm already out the door in my car driving off, yeah, I don't care. Like you gave me too much money. I'm sorry. Especially if it's that kind of large scale convenience or mm -hmm. or box store situation. Where if it's my errors local, in the cash register are built into their business yeah, plan. If it's my local farmer at the local farmers market and yeah. I figure it out, I'm going to give it back to them because I know them well enough to know that they'd give it back to me if they realize I had given oh, them too much yeah. money. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of places are really good about that, and the small local places are really good about that, and so if they're good about it, then I'm good about it too. And if I recognize it right in the moment, I'm always going to say something because I, I, I'm not here to lie to you, but I'm not going to go out of my way to give you money back if I've already driven off and you, because I can't tell you the number of times that I've go, driven off with the thing you were supposed to give me. And then I'm too lazy to go back and get the thing you were supposed to give me. You pay for things at the grocery store you don't get sometimes. The dollar amount of the item. Yeah. You know, I know that I paid for that pack of gum. But I did, did not get home with me. I'm not going back to get a pack of gum. But if it was a $15 thing of laundry detergent, I'm going back to get it. Yeah. Um, if it's somebody's entire meal, which often happens at a fast food restaurant, not that we go to fast food restaurants very much anymore, but they almost always leave something off or do something wrong. So I'm like, you know what? It all comes out in the wash as far as I'm concerned. You've kept enough from me over the years that I'm okay with uh, accidentally walking away with some of your money. Somehow I feel like the moral to this entire conversation is just shop at your farmer's market. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. I have a burp inside me. <laughs> Get it out! Get it out! <laughs> it won't come out now. Burp. <laughs>